0: Father God, we just pray uh, that as we come and sit under your feet today, Lord, that through Larry you bring a word of encouragement to us as a church. Lord, that you ignite uh, just the mission of what the church is uh, through through
1: ministry. So, Lord, we thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John. And. Uh, uh, As I was been praying throughout the week and just praying about the church and I just felt like the Lord has really given me a word for you that, uh, you're a very special young pastor and, uh, you have a hotline to God and, uh, it's on both sides. I see a red phone on both sides that you're going to need God and God's going to need you. And, uh, I also see an extension that's going to go over to your. I believe it's Alfred, not Alfred. Andrew. Andrew. I, I don't know why I want to say Alfred instead of Andrew, but Pastor Andrew is going to have an extension, so everything between you and God, he's going to be let in on, and uh, and by his spirit, he's going to know exactly where you're at. So, but that 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 line is going to be so precious and so between you and God, just because of your humility and your your humbleness about everything. And, uh, and I, I see, uh, I farmed for 25 years, so I needed a lot of help. <laughs> you know, you need the fertilizer man, you need the combine expert to repair the combine and And you need the mighty Mac to haul the manure, the sunshine around, and you just need all of this help. And uh, I I just see that uh, you're just going to have a lot of help sent your way. Just everything you need. You talk to God on that hotline, and it's going to come your way. So, hallelujah! Thank you. It's it's just I've got more, but I just. I believe that kind of put the frosting on the cake that you have a hotline with God. So, hallelujah. Isn't God good? You know, I could tell everything about what Will goes done, but I really felt like I wanted to leave you with something that you can do. It's not what I do. It's what you can do with God working through you. And uh, I, today we're just going to be talking about sowing seeds. <laughs> you think you could do that? You think you could sow some seeds? God was the ultimate sower. By his spirit, by his word, through his son, he sowed seeds for you and me so that we could have life, breath, and have the opportunity to be a part of the eternal family, let's look in the Word and see what the Word has to say in John one four or John one one through four and verse fourteen. It says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him." And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was light of men. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the Word was God. So actually, Jesus is God. He is the Word. And He was sent down here to help us. To give us eternal life. That if we just trust in Him, we can have eternal life with Him. And live with Him forever. All things were made through Him. Everything we have comes from God. Isn't that awesome? Every breath we breathe, every breath we take, it's because of Father God. So why shouldn't we live for him? Why shouldn't we tithe to him? We should. Because all glory belongs to him. When Jesus came to earth... He came as a man, 100% God, but yet 100% man. But he fulfilled the prophecy that Isaiah had for him. And that says it in Luke 4, 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I really like that uh, having that prayer room, to where people can come and and uh, have Jesus have people pray for them and have Jesus touch them. It's really, really awesome because that's really what the church is all about: is setting the captives free. You know why? Because we have Jesus' anointing. We have his anointing. That's what he came for. He came anointed to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty and touch those that need to be set free. Hallelujah. This is the year for it. This is the year that we need to go out and be the church. The church is not a building, the church is you and me. The church is not a building, the church is you and me. And God wants us to go forth with his anointing, with his power. You know, one day when I was, before we went into ministry, I was just praying and and God was just doing a work on me, I guess. But anyway, I heard this ping. It was like a kernel of corn dropped in an empty bucket. And, you know, I'm trying to figure things out, and what, what, what's God trying to tell me? And he just spoke to my heart, and he said, Larry, I planted a seed in you, like me. Whew. You know that? He planted one in you, too. You don't have to hear a ting in the bucket, but some people are a little hard-headed, and they have to hear things and see things so, so God can move them on their way. But, uh, but anyway, I heard that thing. But you don't need to hear that. All you have to do is believe. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Each one of you carries the glory of, the God, of God with you. Just think of that. The creator of the universe, we get to carry his spirit around. And we get to do the things that God wanted to do. He wanted to bring heaven down to earth. So he brought Jesus down to show his great love to each one of us. You're kingdom builders. Each and every one of you are kingdom builders. Like I said, you don't need a bucket experience. All you have to do is just believe. But you know, Jesus needed to make make himself known. That's what he came for. So that's what he was doing. He ran around telling who he was. That's what we need to do, is run around and tell who we are. (laughs) Born again, saved by the precious blood of Jesus. Okay. But Jesus went on to say, I am the living water. Now, that's a pretty simple way of trying to tell who you are. But he met the woman at the well. Water. Explain to her, if you would have just asked, I would have given you living water. So, you know, we need to use the natural things, just like Jesus did. The natural things. We need water. How could we exist without water? So, uh, we can use different things naturally to... uh, Prepare us to share the gospel. Then he went on to say, I am the bread of life. Oh, how can we live without food? Maybe you have guests over and you're passing the bread around and that gives you an opportunity to tell about Jesus being the bread of life. Then he goes on to say, I am the light of the world. And maybe you can have the opportunity or you're switching on the light. You can just, break into how you can share the gospel that Jesus is light and gives us life he went on to say I am the door (laughs) you can't go any place without a door I mean you could be standing right by the door and somebody you could be holding the door for somebody and say oh I'm glad I could hold the door for you you know something Jesus is the door He is the door to life. He's the door to peace. He's the door to health. He's the door to salvation. But use that natural opportunities to just tell about Jesus. I am the good shepherd, he went on to say. My, my. We need somebody to watch over us, to take care of us. So we can share our testimony that Jesus really watches over me. He really takes care of me. Then he went on to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if somebody's going someplace, you can just say "Or you're looking at your, uh, what's that thing that gives you directions on where to go? Oh, the GPS. Yeah, thank you, John. But the GPS, somebody's looking at the GPS and say, I know a way that you can go for eternal life. Uh, And you don't need your GPS to do it. All you need to do is know Jesus. So, hallelujah. Jesus went about doing good. You and I can go about doing good. Heal the sick. Give sight to the blind. Raise the dead. Feed the 4,000. And he fed the 5,000. And he did so much more. This is our Jesus. He is the one that we have a privilege of telling everybody about. He is the one that we have the privilege of telling everybody about. Jesus himself asked us to do something. He asked us to sow seeds. Let's read the parable about the sower. Hallelujah. And it's in Luke 8: four through eight. And a great, <clears throat> And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke a parable, he spoke by parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. To you it has been given to know the mystery of the, of the kingdom of God, the mystery of the sower. And that's in uh, Luke 8, 11 through 15. Now this... Now the parable is this, or this is the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those by the waysides are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they heard, received the word with joy. And these have no root who believe for a while. And in time of temptation, fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they had heard, go out in the, and are choked up with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bringing no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fall on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience." the wayside are the people that just don't want to hear the message. Have you ever shared the gospel with somebody that they just didn't want to hear it? There was a young man that was down there. I mean, he was big. He was bigger than me. And, and, uh, he was down in the ditch and he was digging a, uh, doing something with this, uh, drain system. And, uh, he had his shovel there and was working away in. I came up there and I started telling him about Jesus. And uh, what his comment was is, I hear one more word about Jesus. I'm going to beat you to death with my shovel. So I didn't want to be a shovel head. So I decided (laughs) I just decided I'd keep my mouth shut. But what do you do in a situation like that? You should go home and you get on your knees. You don't have to get on your knees, but just Ask God to bless him. Ask God to open up his heart. Ask God to draw him. And somebody else comes along and sows seed. Just keep sowing. So your job is to do what? Hey, man, you really got it. (laughs) Didn't even have to tell you to sow seeds. Man, that's great. But anyway... Somebody else came along and sowed seeds, and that great big guy became a teddy bear. And he was out sharing what God had done in his life. It wasn't long after that that he p- passed away. So we just, we just got to keep sharing, keep sowing seeds. The ones on the rock are the ones that hear the message and just don't do anything about it. They hear the message and don't do anything about it. I think that's the way we all are for a while. But then we have the ones that fall among thorns. And the worry, worries and the lust for materialism. And, and they make no room for God. You know, that's where I was at. When I probably fit into the first one for a while and... The second one too, but but the second there the third one is what really really got me in trouble was I started farming when I was right out of high school, and I thought there was old, I got saved when I was 16, and uh, so I was really excited about it at first, but I didn't didn't have the fellowship, and so it kind of faded away. But when I was in high school. I wanted to be a farmer, I wanted to be a rich farmer there 's no farmer unless he 's a rich farmer yeah isn 't that right? <laughs> we aren 't anybody unless we have money so that was that was my goal was to be a rich farmer and uh, my my I worked hard at it, but I also was uh, just carried away and uh But I begin to get a heart for God. I don't know, he just started drawing on me. And, and uh, I think he wanted me to fall on good soil. But one day I was out behind the barn working and I was still nipping once in a while. You know what nipping is. And uh, smoking cigarettes, which anybody can smoke and get to heaven, but might stink a little. But. Uh, <laughs> But uh, And my language was terrible. That was the worst thing because I think every other word that came out of my mouth was, didn't glorify God a bit. So God had to straighten that out. So, but anyway, I was out, out behind the barn working and, and uh, all of a sudden I heard the voice of God. Larry! Have you ever heard God talk to you like that? He got my attention. He said, Larry... I mean, it was was sharp, but yet it was in love. You're straddling the fence, and if you don't get on one side or get on the other, get on my side or get on the other, I'll rip you right up the middle. I heard that just like I was... I said, God, I want to be on your side. But knowing what them barbed wire fences were, There was no way I was going to straddle life. So, But I made the right choice. I, I decided, Jesus, I want to follow you. But God is so gracious. He delivered me from smoking, drinking, and he even cleaned up my tongue. But I didn't have anything to say for quite a while because... My mind had to be renewed. My heart had, was being renewed. But, you know, God was just doing work on me. But he really delivered me and set me free. And I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the same time. Begin began to pray in tongues and fell on my knees and just thank God. I was so thankful. And it was just like a ton of weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. Mm. That's just what God does. So I decided no more straddling the fence. (laughs) But I had a grandma and a grandpa, I believe on both sides of the family, that were praying for me. We all need people to pray for us. We all need people praying for us. That's why we need to pray for others. But what is our job? Pray Pray and sow the seeds. Pray and sow the seeds, yeah. Okay, we'll add praying to that, John, if that's okay. But I'm just so thankful. So our job is to keep sowing. There are so many people to reach. My goodness. So many people to reach. In Jesus' time, there were approximately 300 million people in the world. That's a lot of people. In 1960, there were 3 billion people. Today, in 2022, we have 7.9 billion people. So, what do we need? To sow seeds, right. So we need to just keep sowing. We see this in the natural too. From sowing by hand, sowing seeds by hand, planting with a two-row planter, four-row planter, I started with a six-row planter. But now they have up to 20 rows and probably even more. I think even up to 48 rows of... uh, uh, planter boxes that will plant the seed. So always remember, the natural lines up with the spiritual. And it's the same for the harvest. They used to harvest by hand. They had a sickle where they would go out and cut the grain and put bundles and stack it in bundles. and Then they went to the two-row machine. Then to the... S- Six-row machine, the eight-row machine, up to the 12-row machine. Sometimes we have three combines running in a field. They can go in and 100 acres and it's just done in about three hours with three combines. It's amazing. So that kind of tells us that there's a big harvest out there. Corn yields in the 1940s were about 60 bushels to the acre. Today, up to 250 bushel per acre. I mean, that's, that's quite a jump from just in them few, few years to have a normal crop of a 250 bushel. Sometimes it yields up to 350 bushel in, uh, in isolated situations. Again we want to see the natural manifested in the spiritual. One kernel of corn can easily produce 500 or more kernels. So what's our job to do? Sow seeds. Sow seeds. In John uh, 438 says I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do we have the next one coming up? There. Uh, This man is um, a man that we, he lived below us when we were in China. And uh, every once in a while, his wife had Alzheimer's, and she'd wander off and, Three days later, the police had come dragging her, her, bringing her back—not dragging her, but bringing her back very carefully. And uh, and uh, this would happen quite often throughout the year. But one day, we came when we were coming home. We seen this stick in the ground with kind of like a cross over or something to hang all these white flowers on. So. I just assumed that she had died. So uh, come to find out she had. So I gathered up some uh, Coca-Cola. They like Coca-Cola over in China. It was just starting to be, and they really love Dove candy bars. So I bought some Coke and some candy bars and took down there and and, uh, just sat there and just didn't have much Chinese, so... I just sat there, but they never forgot that. When we left China and came here to Vancouver, we uh, thought, "Well, let's go back and back to China." So we went uh, back, but when we when we before we went, the uh, Lord spoke to my heart and said, "You need to see your neighbor. You need to go see him." So, uh, no phones, no way to communicate with him, but. I knew where you lived because I used to live there for eight years. So that was really tough to figure out where he lived. (laughs) So we went, and when we knocked on the door, and he opened the door up, he he just mouth-dropped open. He couldn't believe it was us. He invited us in, and his servant gal uh, fixed his tea, and we just sat down, and we had a real nice chat. And he said, I'm sure... Sure glad I was able to, to see you. He said, Three, uh, over a month ago, I was sick, and I thought I was going to die. And he said, my family even planned my funeral. Uh, but he said, I'm just so glad that I was able to stay alive. And I said, I'm glad you were too, because I came here to tell you something. So I shared the gospel with him and, and uh, asked him if he wanted Jesus in his life. And he just readily accepted and uh, and really thanked me and received the Lord. And, and uh, as we was ready to leave, I, I just asked him a question. I said, had you ever heard the name of Jesus before? He said, yes, I did. He said, when I was six or seven years old, just a little dot, he said the Presbyterian missionaries were there and I went to their Sunday school and they shared about Jesus. But for 70 years, never heard about it. So, what do we do? Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Because you just never know when somebody's going to need it. You never know when life is going to end. Hallelujah. So, our job is to keep sowing. I just have a few things that would help us to keep sowing seed. Commit to following him, no matter what the cost. Commit to following Jesus, no matter what the cost. We had an a evangelist come. I think he was probably more prophet than evangelist, but... But he was he was giving a word to people, and, and he just felt very nervous. But he called us up, and he said, boy, it was almost with fear and trembling. He said, Larry, you're supposed to sell everything you have and go to the mission field. <laughs> you know, that, that wasn't nothing new. God already spoke that to my heart, but I hadn't done it yet. So... Prophets and evangelists, they come to encourage people on what they should do. And so we didn't even do it reluctantly. It just, when the timing was right, we just did it. So finally, our seed fell on good ground. Hallelujah. Not all of us are called to the mission field, but determined to be part of the solution. You can do it by tithes and offerings, taking time from your busy day to help someone. Listen to God's voice, even in tough situations. Cultivate His heart for people. Cultivate His heart for people. That's why He came, that's why He lived, that's why He died was that man? so mankind could be set free. God, give us love for people. Give us love for people. The type of love that would be willing to sacrifice anything and everything. This comes through prayer and reading of the Word. When we see how much God has done for us, Why can't we see it for the multitudes? He has helped us. We can begin to love people more. I just want to share a little story with you. When uh, I was raised with a big family, and uh, my dad was on the school board. And we had, uh, they used to have teachers that would run around and pull your hair and slap you and take a stick and beat your hands and all this stuff. And, but this lady, her name was Mrs. Giles. She's, I, I don't know why I'm remembering her name, but I, I guess I do because she, she liked to beat on me for some reason. She just didn't like me. I can't figure out why anybody wouldn't like me, John. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, my dad was on the school board and we had, there was three little towns, Summers, Reinert, and Farneville. But they were uniting, trying to unite as a school organization. That was when the schools were just beginning to, population was beginning to fade away and, and these schools were starting to organize. And my, of course, my dad was on the school board and, And Mrs. Giles, her husband was one of the principals. And my dad was one that was opposed to keeping any of them. He wanted to start afresh, get all new, get a new superintendent and uh, let the rest go, let the rest go. But anyway, Mrs. Giles was my sixth grade teacher, and her husband was one of the principals, so the first week I was in school, she come over and said, I don't care if your dad's on the school board. And whack, 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 she started whacking on me. And it got so every week, all I would do was hang on to the board. And I was kind of taught when you were, if you got in trouble at school, you're going to get trouble when you got home. I mean, that's the way we were raised, rough and tough and, you know, but... Uh, I think my folks would have really done something about it if they would have known, but it was just, I just sat there and took took it. I I knew for sure I was gonna get it once a week. There was one gal that started wetting the bed because uh, she was so fearful. And there was one gal that was chewing gum and she had a ponytail. She grabs her by the ponytail, flips her around, drags her out. I mean, that's the kind of lady she was. But you know, through all that, it made me realize there was people that just need some encouragement or, you know, not all of us are treated like we should be, but, but the first thing God asked me to do when I got saved was, Mrs. Giles, you need to pray for her. Mm. That was a tough one. fact is, I really wanted to kill her. I really did. But you know, God can just turn things around and just give you love for people. Love for people that are hurting. (laughs) I'm just thankful that God really touched me. Hallelujah. Tell the good things that God has done. Give your testimony. Tell the good things God's done for you. That makes it live. That makes it real. Makes it live and makes it real. Tell them the good things God has done for you. Start with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. Hallelujah. And we need to do acts of kindness. That's what's going to soften people's heart. There was a young man, his name was Bink. And uh, I was out on the farm and... Had to do a lot of work. I was repairing a building, and and uh, the young man that was helping me was with me, and we were working on the building. And here comes Bink in. He's he liked the booze, so he'd come in half tanked, and and on his horse, he had his cowboy hat on, his cowboy boots, and he was ready to fight. This guy that was helping me—how could you work for that? Blankety blank, blankety blank, and and uh, he's no good, and he's not paying you enough. And I mean, he just went on and on and on. He was up on this horse, and I was ready to go drag him off. But one can't—no, well, you can't do that, you know. The Holy Spirit just—you know—we can make choices. We can make choices. I made a choice not to do anything. And the next few weeks came by and here he comes again. <laughs> Same old story. But you know, winter came on us and one day he was driving down his lane and and he had a great big dump truck and he ran in the ditch. And I just happened to drive by. <laughs> just happened to. Just happened to. And the Lord says, go home, get your tractor, and pull him out. So, so I walks up the lane, and I said, could I help you? And, and uh, could I go home and get my tractor and pull you out? He looked me right in the eyes, and he said, you do that for me? I said, yes, you're, you're, you're one of God's children. I said, why wouldn't I not do that for you? So I went home and got the tractor, pulled him out, and, and uh, I used to pick up tin cans. I, I made, for 13 years, I made a living picking up n- nickel tin cans. See, the, they would charge you a nickel when you bought it, and I would go pick that up, give them a nickel, and I'd sell it back to the distributors for, and I made one penny. One penny a can. But you know, I had 50000 a week, cans. Back then, it was $500. And that's when farming went, and God allowed me to get by that business. And that's a whole other story I could go in. <laughs> but anyway, so I'd go to these taverns, and and people would get drunk, and they had these boxes they'd throw, the, so you'd find keys in there, you'd find, well... Just every, I won't go into it. When, when they drink too much, you know, they, they have problems. But it, it was a mess. But anyway, that's what I did. But he'd be in these taverns, but he was always nice to me after that. And I was able to share the gospel with him. And he received Jesus. I'm just so thankful that God gave me the ability share his word we have another neighbor you see him see me by the fence with my back to you and Ollie a young Chinese man stayed with us for a year and a half that we helped him because COVID hit and he had no place to stay but he helped me he helped me mow grass and do a few things but anyway the neighbor there, this is, uh, our house is this way from the fence, and uh, it was getting to look a little shabby, so the, the Lord spoke to my heart to ask him if I could paint his fence, so, but before this, he was walking around one day like this, couldn't even hardly straighten up, And so I said, could I pray for you? No, no, you can't pray for me. I don't believe in that stuff. Well. Went home and prayed for him anyway. <laughs> so then I asked him if I could, later on I asked him if I could paint his fence. And, uh, oh yeah, you can paint my fence. So we cut the top off and we painted his fence. and He hasn't got saved yet, but He's 90 years old, so there's still a little time, I hope. But you never know. But it's a start. Sowing seeds of kindness. Pull people out of ditches. Do whatever you gotta do. But it's just using the natural things so you can relate the gospel to it. I never will forget when uh, I was just a little taut. We had a 49 Ford Woody station wagon. My dad did. I mean, that was a nine-seater. And, of course, mom and pop and eight kids, it was full. It was full. But it just seemed like dad would do things that other people didn't do. But we came along on the highway, and here was a man standing there with a with a gas can. They had these five-gallon gas cans, and he was carrying it. And and it was the kind of discussion, is there room for him? And Well, yeah, we all had to change seats so he could get in. And uh, as we were going, he began to share how he got all these rights. He had it so the bottom of the, the can would open up, and he had all his clothes and everything he needed inside that that can. (laughs) He didn't have no trouble getting a ride. There's people that want to help people, you know. So he just got across the country. He just was having a good old time traveling. (laughs) But, you know, God is wanting to give each one of you Holy Spirit ideas so you can share the gospel. Just clever little things like that that uh, open the door up to where we can share share the good things that God has done for us. Hallelujah. Paint fences, do whatever you got to do. In Luke 10. 10-2, I think it is, or something like that. He said to them, The harvest is truly great, but the labors are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out Labors into his field. What can you do? And sow seeds and pray. Hallelujah. And do. <laughs> but this is what I really like about Jesus. In John uh, 34 through 36, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish the work. My food was you and me. That was his desire. That he would go after people that would hunger and thirst after him. Finish the work. He went to the cross so you and I could have eternal life and bring all of those that we possibly can bring into the kingdom. So we need to just keep sowing sowing seeds. Then he went on to say, do I not say there are still four months and then comes a harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages And gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Hallelujah. My prayer has always been. Father, kill me dead in the flesh. So you can use me in your glory. Father, kill me dead in the flesh so that I can be used for your glory.
0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Larry. As we close off the service today, it warms my heart to see all of you step step up and to take on that call because we're called as a church to do this together. Yes. We're called as a church to minister together, that every single one of us is part of a a holy nation and a royal priesthood. Yes. That we all belong to, to this ministry together. So it warms my heart as a pastor to see our church step into a place where we're saying yes. Larry and Jean shared on Friday how God called them and they said, who shall I send? And they just said, send me. And church, you guys have responded in the same way to say send me. So as we close off here today, just wanted to keep this up. Just as a reminder for us as a church, just some of the simple things that we can do. That guy could pluck a farmer out of Iowa and send him across the world to start a ministry to spread the good news. That if he could do that, he could do that with every single one of us here. And that we are going to make waves of impact as a church. Mm there if you
1: are.
0: So five stones, let's pray, let's worship, Mm. and let's go. Father God, we thank you Mm. for your presence, for your spirit, and for your call. As a church, we we respond with send us. So Lord, we pour out our life unto yours for what you've done on the cross.
1: Yes.
0: And we, we will go and do the same.